peace, namaste, and shalom. Everybody out there in dreamland, I am the beyond top secret Texan. Join me on my podcast, the Beyond Top Secret Texan podcast, where I explore the outer limits of human abilities, top secret military technologies, the reality of extraterrestrial birth alliances, secret space wars, advanced cryptozoology, and all subjects of theosophic truth, esotericism, and the occult. Beyond the Top Secret Texan Podcast. Greetings, everybody out there in dreamland. Namaste and shalom. Iron sharpens iron and a friend sharpens a friend. I am the Beyond Top Secret Texan. Thank you all very much for listening to another broadcast of the Beyond Top Secret Texan. I am broadcasting to you from the third coast, the coast with the most, the Gulf Coast of Texas. It is my pride and privilege to be doing so. So everyone out there in dreamland, listeners new and old alike, my most sincerest gratitudes. Thank you all very much for supporting me with your likes, with your subscriptions, with your time. Thank you very much for making me your most prioritized podcast and one of the most shared podcasts on Spotify. Thank you all very much, each and every one of you, regardless if it is your least watched program or not, your most watched program, thank you, whether this is your first episode Whether this is going to be your last episode, thank you. Today we're going to be speaking about something very important. We're going to be speaking about Jinn. They are the Fomerian of the Irish. They are the Skinwalker and Wendigo of the Native American. They are universal to mankind, every single tribe, ethnicity, creed, and belief has a place for them and recognizes their existence And has done so for thousands of years. They are a crypto-terrestrial society. A hidden intelligent species that shares our world. But unlike the purely physical, mundane intelligent species of top secret designation in which we share the earth both hollow and surface with these operate in an unseeable 
invisible spectrum for the largest part and coexist literally amongst us as an almost parasitic and supervisory species. But their logic, organization, and origins are so closely tied to the human species that upon study and review, I can only say that I firmly believe they are the greater extent of humanity in terms of influence. They are integral integral to the evolution of mankind into a dominant intelligent species because it has been through their intermarriage, their intercession, And in many cases, their interruption of not only the individual, but society at large that has led to us existing the way we do today. The Jinn. I will be getting first into the descriptions of the jinn, the meaning of the word, the etymology, and their historical and cultural origins, and then getting into my own unique theories connecting them to skinwalkers and the events of the present world, as well as to my theories of their true origins involving stargates, ancient Mesopotamia, and the merger of two realities, two dimensions, maybe even two different eras in time. Thank you all very much for listening to this in advance. You can check out Linktree slash Beyond Top Secret Texan. That's Linktree slash Beyond Top Secret Texan for all social media links as well as um, web activities so you can get updated notified you can share you can follow you can subscribe and be caught up with the complete online portfolio of beyond top secret texan thank you all in advance with those who do care enough to share and to like and to follow Jin, spelled J-I-N-N, but also romanized as D-J-I-N-N, or anglicized even as G-E-N-E-I-E-S, genies, with a broader meaning of spirit or demon depending on the source. They are invisible creatures in early pre-Islamic Arabian religious systems and later in Islamic mythology and theology. 
like humans, they are accountable for their deeds, can be either believers, known as Muslim, or unbelievers, known as Kafir. Depending on whether they accept God's guidance, since jinn are neither innately evil nor innately good. Islam acknowledged spirits from other religions and was able to adapt spirits from other religions during its expansion. Jinn are not a strictly Islamic concept. They may represent several pagan beliefs integrated into Islam. To assert a strict monotheism and the Islamic concept of Tahud, Islam denies all affinities between the jinn and God, thus replacing the jinn parallel to humans, also subjects to God's judgment and the afterlife. The Quran condemns the pre-Islamic Arabian practice of worshipping the jinn, or seeking protection from them. Jinn can be anything from ghouls, which are cannibalistic, necro, Voris, I guess you would call it scavengers, that tend to live in cemeteries and are as physical as any other creature, such as a jackal. In fact, many kinds of human hybrid animals exist in the pre-Islamic traditions are known as jinn, or even something more magical as a shape-shifting wizard or sorcerer. Are their familiars, taking the forms of snakes, scorpions, lizards, oftentimes possessing humans as well. They are generally invisible in their true forms, but as before mentioned, range in spectrum of power, as well as size and physical variety of descriptions being known to look like half-human, half-birds, winged humans, various were-creatures, as mentioned before, humans who can shapeshift into beasts, and vice versa, everything from horses to goats, from ghosts to ghouls. They are even might engage in sexual affairs with humans and produce offspring, as in the succubus and incubus traditions of European lore. They also are sometimes vampiric. So basically, jinn, like the European word troll, means anything monstrous and abhuman or abnormal to the prevalent cultural norms shared as universal humanity. You could call these monstrous births. You could call them taboo societies. When injured or attacked, they usually seek out revenge and possess the assailant's body calling for an exorcism. Usually the jinn do not interfere with humans, but live in their own societies, structured as tribes, modeled similar to those of pre-Islamic Arabian tribal systems. 
individual jinn appear on charms and talismans. They are called upon for protection or magical aid, often under the leadership of a king. Many people who believe in jinn wear amulets to protect themselves against the assaults of jinn, sent out by sorcerers and witches as curses against them. A common belief holds that jinn could not hurt someone who appears wearing something with the name of Allah upon it. While some Muslim scholars in the past had ambivalent attitudes towards sorcery, believing the good jinn don't require one to commit sin, most contemporary Muslim scholars associate dealing with jinn with idolatry. Now, to kind of start alluding to what I'm going to be speaking about, and I'll just say it right now, my belief is that the jinn are actually an ancient, uh, multi-species society, pre-Islamic society, but not primitive, but from Babylon and Ur-Babylon, Sumeria. as well as ancient Egypt and even Atlantis preserved in its own phase of reality accomplished with their technologies and ancient incredible knowledges and existing forever in a wireless energy field a direct energy field the same way the internet does allowing them to forever exist as the AI uploads of their own previous once physical avatars here on earth whether that be their biological bodies which may or may not be gigantic compared to our stature or some chosen hybrid form of man and creature. Think of Island of Dr. Monroe and the seemingly ancient desire for man to hybridize as in centaurs, minotaurs, sphinxes, and other chimera easily identifiable by the ancient Greeks and those influenced by ancient Greek education. For truly, these were real creatures, and truly, they had intelligence given to them many times directly from the gods. The gods of the pre-Islamic world being many, many, many hundreds, if not thousands of idols, gods, powerful figures from the cosmos and other pagan origins. Everything from Zoroastrianism to uh, Manichaeanism to Abrahamic ancient Hebrew to the Egyptian magical schools to the Greek pantheon to Norse Viking Pantheons, all considered in the umbrella term pre-Islamic. 
And in this program, we believe that that is connected to both crypto-terrestrial, ultra-terrestrial, quantum-terrestrial, and extraterrestrial influence on our planet and our species, creating a perception that we know as a spiritual hierarchy, otherwise known as a cosmology. The Elohim, the Shining Ones... The fallen angels, the preserved holy angels acting upon earth, as well as the various chthonic subterranean creatures, demons, etc. of the Christian European sphere of world perception of observable reality. The jinn of Islam and the Various supernatural creatures of the Native American religions and mythologies are all the same. As well as the modern cryptids and ghosts, which we as paranormal investigators obsess on, and as the scientific materialists quickly mobilize to deny explain or contain it is true that sufficient technologies resemble magic as Arthur C. Clarke said sometime before fucking and raping a lot of boys in Sri Lanka yeah look it up <laughs> Arthur C. Clarke was a raving pedophile So bad they had to kick him out of England. And that's another story. <laughs> but he was correct in that assessment. That advanced technology is indistinguishable from magic. And that a space elevator would be built the day everyone stopped laughing at it. <laughs> also, look that up. <laughs> but... We're not talking about Arthur C. Clarke, we're talking about Jim. And the fact is, these ancient Sumerian and Babylonian worlds possessed advanced technologies directly given to them by extraterrestrial masters known as the Anunnaki. And the Anunnaki, along with building most of the monolithic sites of the world to stage as their bases and colonial capitals power stations to create ley lines across the world for various purposes also established stargates and the stargates were their means of opening up not only their world to our our world to theirs their world to ours but to many different worlds across many multiversal realities the stargates do not only go between point A and point B, however many thousands of light years away instantaneously, they can go even further from one reality to another, from universe A to universe B. And when that occurs, you can have parallel realities existing at the same time, simultaneously, together pooling their resources infinitely.
you would not only have one kingdom to rule over, you could have one kingdom ruled over by every version of yourself and rule over every version of your kingdom. This incredible diversity that is existence would become the reality of the ancient pre-cataclysm world that we would know as the golden ages of Sumeria and Babylon. Not only were there human beings in this society, but every kind of imaginable alteration and variety of species from gray alien to reptilian naga to canine um uh coelocephali uh the the canid the the dog-faced men the werewolf men vampires uh various you know forms of hybrids in between their diminutive duende folk who are of the nanospectrum to giants of incredible proportion, uh, merfolk to people who are half bird and live in high altitude um, areas, as well as creatures of pure dark energy and pure light, living simultaneously in what can only be understood as the kingdom of God. Assembling themselves in the naturally forming hierarchies known as the Dominions of Angels. And yes, incorporating both physical technologies as well as what we would know as the spiritual sciences. But after such cataclysms appeared, for whatever reasons they did, societies, as told to the story of the fall of the Tower of Babel, separated, schismed, and grew ignorant of each other as the common link between them, the language between them, that translated their existence, which united their very ability to sense each other with sight and touch. When that failed, mankind in an instant became blind to these various beings existing across the physical light spectrum, most in the infrared and ultraviolet light range. In an instant, what we knew as reality that we were not alone. That we were never alone. 
from that moment where this system failed. That became a myth. That became legend. For mankind became blind, deaf, and dumb. In this new dark age of isolation. Where soon mankind would be so lost in their solitary confinement that it crowned itself the only intelligent life in the universe and declared foolishly that God was dead. Not all mankind, though. As the great majority held true to the legend, held true to the myths, held true to the memory of these variety of beings of species, but converting them over time to the monsters, to the demons, to the protective angels and ancestors of their regions and countries, their peoples, beliefs, and tribes. But as also time proved, forming the civil war between our species, which was inevitable, both between the spiritual and atheistic deniers and oppressors of such memories, such as in the Islamic world, the Islamic religion itself, such as in the Christian world, the Catholic Church itself, such as in the scientific world, the universities and academics themselves, against those they deem superstitious to those they deem insane for practicing the taboos of the old ways, the ancient ways. Now, the impact this has, because it has an impact, we'll be getting into, and I'll be trying to link up between the ancient traditions of the pre-Islamic world in their regards to jinn, and how this is affecting our current reality, our world regardless if we believe it or not, because it is, and always has been. And our ignorance of it makes us more vulnerable, not stronger than this. The etymology of jinn 
is an Arabic collective noun deriving the Semitic root J-N-N, whose primary meaning is to hide or to adapt. As mentioned before, a society going into hiding or to literally continue existing, but being hidden and being adapted to a new world. Some authors interpret the word to mean literally beings that are concealed from the senses, which is exactly what they are. Cognates include the Arabic majnun, equals possessed or generally insane. The jana, meaning the garden or Eden or paradise in heaven. And the janin, the embryo, the embryo, life unseen behind a veil. Jinn is properly treated as a plural. However, in classical Arabic, may also appear as John, with the singular being genie. The origin of the word jinn remains uncertain. Some scholars relate the Arabic term jinn to the Latin genius, a guardian spirit of people and places in the Roman religion. As a result of syncretism during the reign of the Roman Empire under Tiberius and Augustus. However, this derivative is also disputed. Another suggestion also holds that jinn may be derived from the Aramaic Jinniah, classical Syriac, with the meaning of tutelary and deity, or guardian. Others claim a Persian origin of the word in the form of the avistic Jayani, a wicked female spirit. Jayana are among various creatures in the possibly even pre-Zoroastrian mythology of peoples of Iran. The anglicized form genie is a borrowing of the French genie, also from the Latin genius. It first appeared in 18th century translations of the Thousand and One Nights from the French, where it had been used droning it to its rough similarity in sound and sense and further applies to benevolent intermediary spirits in contrast to the malevolent spirits called diamonds and heavenly angels. In literature. Now, I would like to point out that both demons and heavenly angels are considered malevolent spirits, while this pre Islamic culture considers jinn to be benevolent spirits. In Assyrian art, creatures ontologically between humans and divinities are also called genies. In the pre-Islamic era, as before mentioned, not a primitive era, but the era of Babylon and Sumeria, some would say an even global worldwide civilization known as Atlantis, the exact origins of belief in jinn are not entirely clear, but belief in jinn in the pre-Islamic Arab religion is testified not only but by the Quran, but by also pre-Islamic literature in the 7th century. Some scholars in the Middle East hold that they originate as malevolent spirits residing in deserts and unclean places or tombs, who often took the forms of animals. Others hold that they were originally pagan nature deities who gradually became marginalized as other deities took greater importance. But since the term jinn seems not only to be of Arabic but Aramaic origin, donating demonized pagan deities, which they were deities, 
the jinn probably entered the Arabian belief in the late pre-Islamic period. Still, jinn had been worshipped by many Arabs during the pre-Islamic period, although unlike gods, jinn were not regarded as immortal. Emily Savage-Smith, who asserted that jinn are malevolent in contrast to benevolent gods, doesn't hold this distinction to be absolute, admitting jinn worship in pre-Islamic Arabia as a positive reference. In the regions north to the Hejaz, Palmyra, and Baalbek, the terms genie and Ayla were often used interchangeably, with Julius Wellhausen stating that likewise, that pre-Islamic Arabia, it was assumed they were friendly and helpful beings among the jinn. He asserted that the distinction between a god and a jinn is that jinn are worshipped in private, while the gods are worshipped in public. Although their mortality ranks them lower than gods because the jinn are mortal, it seems that the veneration of jinn had played more importance in the everyday life of pre-Islamic Arabs than the gods themselves. According to common Arabian belief, soothsayers, pre-Islamic philosophers, and poets were inspired directly by jinn. Their culture and society were analogous to that pre-Islamic Arabian culture, having tribal leaders, protecting their allies, and avenging murder for any member of their tribe or their allies. Although the powers of jinn exceeded those of humans, it is conceivable a man could kill or outsmart a jinn, either in single combat or trial by wits. Jinn were thought to shift into different shapes, but were feared especially in their invisible form, since then they could attack without being seen. Jinn were also feared because they had been thought to be responsible for various diseases and mental illnesses. Julius Wilhausen observed that such spirits were thought to inhabit desolate, dingy, and dark places and that they were feared. One had to protect oneself from them, but they were not the objects of a true cult. Al-Jahiz credits the pre-Islamic Arabs with believing that the society of jinn constitutes several tribes and groups and some natural events were attributed to them, such as storms. They also thought jinn could protect, marry, kidnap, kill, possess, interbreed, and serve people. Despite that they were often feared, or they inspired wonder. The jinn were also pictured to have romantic feelings for humans. According to a famous pre-Islamic story, the jinni Manzur fell in love with a human woman called Haba, teaching her the arts of healing. Some scholars argue that angels and devils were introduced by the prophet Muhammad to Arabia and did not exist among the jinn. On the other hand, Amira al-Zayn argues that angels were known to the pagan Arabs, but the term jinn was used for all kinds of supernatural entities among various religions and cults. Thus, Zoroastrian, Christian, and Jewish angels and devils were conflated with jinn.
Jinn are mentioned approximately 29 times in the Quran. In Islamic tradition, Muhammad was sent as a prophet to both the human and jinn communities, and that prophets and messengers were sent to both communities. Can you imagine that? That in the Islamic world, the prophet Muhammad is recognized as having preached and been sent for the spiritual salvation of both human communities and jinn communities, recognizing the fact that they are a society parallel to human society and have their own distinct territories and dominions of reign and rule. Traditionally, the 72nd Sahura al-Jinn, named after them, is held to tell about the revelation of jinn, and several stories mention one of Muhammad's followers accompanying him, witnessing the revelation to the jinn. The Quran condemns pre-Islamic practices of worshipping jinn for means of protection, which, understandably, people will worship fucking everything and anything that is not the real creator God, spirit, or intelligent designer and architect of the universe. The Quran condemns... No, sorry. Did I read that part? Unlike humans, jinn are not vice- Dregents of the earth. We don't have do, they don't have dominion over the earth as they are they are visitors to the earth in many cases and colonizers of the earth, not the native aboriginal species that mankind is, that humans are rather, because all of it is mankind, but we are the only human beings. Al-Baqarah only credits Adam as a successor, otherwise known as a vice-regent of Allah onto earth, known as a Khalifa. However, some exegetes like Tabari argue that jinn inherited the world before and that when angels complain about God creating humans who will shed blood... They link humans to the jinn who ruled the earth before. Okay, I would like to point that out too in my theory that this was all because of some greater kingdom of multi-species hierarchies ruled on earth before the absolute rule and dominion of humanity was even a concept. A greater multi-species kingdom of heaven, kingdom of the stars, which is described in the Vedas of uh, India, which is described in the Sumerian Anunnaki uh, creation myths, which is described in the Mesoamerican Aztec Mayan um, um, creation myths. These are not myths. These are tellings of a real series of events which is that higher technologies extraterrestrials 
literally came down to Earth and helped establish multi-species, multi-intelligent species colonizations of the Earth that ruled together peacefully by law, achieving great advancements of technology and infrastructure before a cataclysm occurred, either civil war, natural disaster, or a combination of the two, forcing us into a dark age of basic isolation amongst each other, although these other species and societies that were beyond the uh, completely isolated still maintained understanding and contact and awareness. Specifically, the jinn know all about humanity, regardless of whether or not humanity is willing to know anything about the jinn, which will come into play later. But definitely they are a pre-fall, pre-flood society. In the story of Solomon, it is implied that the jinn live on the earth alongside humans. Solomon is granted dominion over humans, ants, birds, and jinn. The jinn served him as soldiers and builders of the first temple. The jinn are also mentioned in collections of canonical hadiths. According to the reports of hadiths, the jinn eat like humans, but instead of fresh food, they prefer rotten flesh and bones. As mentioned before, this is a spectrum that includes everything from the necrovore cannibal ghoul to the literal vampire and all other abnormal and taboo manner of existing intelligent beings. Get over it. Just because something eats rotten flesh and prefers the calcite of bone and marrow does not make it evil. Vultures and hyena both do. <laughs> Many things do. Exactly. They're decomposers. They're a vital part of the ecosystem. I could easily see a species getting enough intelligence through scavenging if the ecosystem was correct for it. It seems like a very intelligent survival strategy. I mean, what am I afraid of for? I'm not dead. So, I don't think I'm on the menu. <laughs> no, no, this, this clearly likes dead things. I don't know, what am I afraid of? Another hadith advises to close doors and keep children close at night for the jinn go around and snatch things away. One hadith divides them into three groups with one type of jinn flying through the air, another that are snakes and dogs, and a third that move from place to place like humans. So what does that really mean if we break it down? One hadith divides them into three groups, one type of jinn flying through the air, 
could be all your UFOs and flying beings, mothmen, giant dinosaurs, etc. Another that are snakes and dogs, moving upon the land on all fours, traveling through the underbrush, through the wilderness, away from the ways of man. And what are from place to place like a human? On roads, in caravans, amongst escorts, ferries, taxi cabs, ships, moving amongst people with luggage, with cargo. One hadith divides them up. This account parallels the jinn to humans, similar to the Quran, as another hadith divides humans into three groups, with one kind which is like four-legged beasts who are said to remain ignorant of God's message, a second one which is under the protection of God, and the last one with the body of a human but the soul of the devil, known as the shatan. Belief in jinn is not included among the six articles of Islamic faith, as belief in angels is. However, many Muslim scholars believe it is essential to the Islamic faith, and as I asserted, essential to the knowledge of this world and to humanity. Many scholars regard their existence and ability to enter human bodies as part of the Akita theological doctrines in the traditions of the Ashari. In Quranic interpretation, the term jinn can be used in two different ways. An invisible being considered to be along with humans, takalan, accountable for their deeds, created out of fire and air. Mahajin min nar. Two, as the opposite of al-ins, something in shape. Referred to an object that cannot be detected by human sensory organs, including angels, devils, and the interior of human beings, a.k.a. the thoughts and dreams of the mental realm. Tabari records from the Ibn Abbas yet another usage for the term jinn, as referenced to a tribe of angels created from the fires of Samum. The poisonous fire. They got their name from Jana, heaven or paradise. Instead, they would have waged war against the jinn before the creation of Adam. According to Tabari, the angels were created on Wednesday, the jinn on Thursday, and humans on Friday. Though not in succession but rather more than 1,000 years later, respectively, as these were the days of God. With the revelation of Islam, the jinn were given a new chance to access salvation. However, because of their prior creation, the jinn would attribute themselves to a superiority over humans and envy them for their place and rank on earth given to them by God. Very similar to how Lucifer and the fallen angels are recorded in Christian 
Apocrypha, to have rebelled upon the creation and blessing with God's favor to Adam and his human descendants. Classic theology. The notion that jinn could possess Get a little ahead of ourselves on that one. Be laying my last. The different jinn known in Islamic folklore are disregarded among most Mufasirs, authors of the Tafsir. Tabari being an exception, although he is not specific about them, probably due to a lack of theological significance. Since Tabari is one of the earliest commentators, the several jinn have been known since the earliest stages of Islam. The ulama, scholars of Islamic law, discuss permissibility of jinn marriage. Historically, since the Quran talks about marriage with human women only, many regard it as prohibited. Some argue that someone who marries a jinn will lose their fear of God. Most likely replaced with the fear of their wife, who is a jinn. <laughs> the notion that jinn could possess individuals is generally accepted by the majority of Muslim scholars and considered part of doctrines Akita, which is the people of the Sunnah, and the tradition of Ashari, a minority of Muslim scholars associated with the Mutsalan. Denied that jinn could possess a human physically, asserting they can only influence humans by whispering to them like the devils do in their sleep. Some, like Ibn Sina, even denied their existence altogether. Skeptics refused to believe in a literal reading on jinn in Islamic sacred texts, preferring to view them as unruly men or metaphorically. Other critics, such as Jahiz and Masudi, explain jinn and demons as a merely psychological phenomenon. Remember, this is the blindness, the, the lack of sensation, and the declaring mankind to be his only God, himself, and that the prescriptions and events of their ancestry were dead and buried. The, remember, the, the idea is oikophobia, the hatred of one's world and one's home and oneself and the typical weapon of choice to call it ignorant to assume a modern worldview which is the scientific materialist worldview and then to declare oneself above his own spirit or spiritual traditions. This is, in many ways, the atheism of culture. These alleged appearances are told to other generations in bedtime stories and poems when they grow up, creating mental illnesses, mind games, and wishful thinking called wazwaz. 
This is causing a fearful men to see things which are not real. According to Asherites, the existence of jinn and demons cannot be proven or falsified because arguments concerning the existence of such entities are beyond human comprehension. Adepts of Ashari theology explain that jinn are invisible to humans because humans lack the appropriate sensory organs to envision them. Hanbali scholar Ibn Taymiyyah and Zahiri scholar Ibn Hazim regarded denial of jinn as unbelief, otherwise known as kufr, since they are mentioned in Islamic sacred texts. As mentioned before, Muhammad was a prophet to both mankind and jinn. They further point towards demons and spirits in other religions such as Christianity, Zoroastrianism, and Judaism as evidence of their existence. Ibn Tamiyah believed the jinn to be generally ignorant, untruthful, oppressive, and treacherous. He held that jinn account for much of the magic that is perceived by humans cooperating with magicians to lift items in the air, delivering hidden truths to fortune tellers, and mimicking the voices of deceased humans during seances. Al-Maturidi relates to jinn to their depiction of former minor deities, writing that humans seek refuge among the jinn, but the jinn are actually weaker than humans. Not the jinn, but humans' own mind and attitudes toward them are the sources of their fears. But submitting to the jinn, humans allow the jinn to have power over them, humiliate themselves, increase their dependence on them, and commit shirk. A disciple of the Maturadi school of theology, Abu Eilat as Samokandi, is attributed to the opinion that unlike angels and devils, humans and jinn are created with fitra, neither born as believers nor as unbelievers. Their attitude depends on whether they accept God's guidance. Still, jinn were not perceived as necessarily evil or hostile beings. In the story of Nasser Kassara's uh, burial, his brother is assisted by two jinn. They cut a rock and shape it into a tombstone in reverence for the fallen. In modern theology, Modernists tried to reconcile the traditional perspective on jinn with modern sciences, as mentioned before, physical sciences. As the ages continue, mankind is further driven into the isolation and atheism of ignorance, and it produces the irrational denial of one's ancestral truths, replacing even the spiritual significance of Abrahamic monotheism with a thinly veiled scientism. So continuing. <coughs> Many modernists tried to reconcile the traditional perspective on jinn with modern sciences. Muhammad Abdu understood references to jinn in the Quran to denote anything invisible, be it an undefined force or a simple inclination towards good or evil. 
He further asserted that jinn might be an ancient description of germs, since both are associated with diseases and cannot be perceived by the human eye alone, an idea adapted by the Ahmadi sect. On the other hand, Salafism rejects a metaphorical reinterpretation of jinn or to identify them with microorganisms advocating a literal belief in jinn. Furthermore, they reject protection and healing rituals common across Islamic culture used to ward off jinn or to prevent possession. It takes up the position that this is a form of idolatry associating the jinn with devils. Many modern preachers substituted evil jinn with devils and their sermons. For that reason, Saudi Arabia, following the Wahhabism tradition of Salafism, imposes a death penalty for dealing with jinn to prevent sorcery and witchcraft. The importance of belief in jinn to Islamic belief in contemporary Muslim society was underscored by the judgment of apostasy by an Egyptian Sharia court in 1995 against liberal theologian Nasu Abu Zayad. Zayad was declared an unbeliever of Islam for, among other things, arguing that the reason for the presence of jinn in the Quran was that they, jinn, were part of Arab culture at the time of the Quran's revelation, rather than they were part of God's full creation. Once again, men telling God, or telling other men, they know what God intended and that their interpretation is the most modern and thus the most correct, not according to the ancient ways, but by their modern sensibilities. Even in the Islamic sphere, men hate God and wish to replace God with themselves. Because of this, death threats led to Zayad being forced out of Egypt into exile. Because, as I've just clearly mentioned, and I am not a Muslim, this is just obvious. They are thinly disguised, poorly disguised atheists in the form of religious clerics and scholars. For it's a denial of the ancient ways is denial of reality. And denial of reality is a disbelief and denial of God. For God is reality as unbelievable or impossible as it appears, thus miraculous in its divinity. If Anything is holy. Everything is holy. The jinn are pre-Islamic Arabian origin. Since the Quran affirms their existence when Islam spread outside of Arabia, jinn belief was adopted by later Islamic culture. The Quran reduced the status of the jinn from that of tutelary deities to something parallel to humans subject to the judgment of the supreme deity of Islam, Allah. By that time, the jinn were considered a third class of invisible beings, not consequently equated with devils, and Islam was able to integrate local beliefs about spirits and deities from Iran, Africa, Turkey, and India into a monotheistic framework. The jinn are believed to live in societies resembling those of humans practicing religion, including Islam, Christianity, and Judaism, 
having emotions, but also I would like to reiterate, including Islam, Christianity, and Judaism, but that precludes their truth that the majority of the jinn are spiritual, but in the pre-Islamic world, practicing the religions of Sumer, Babylon, and Zoroastrianism, as well as Manichaeanism and other Mesopotamic-type religions, including Egyptian magics and otherwise things we take as the Kabbalah. Having emotions, needing to eat and drink, and can procreate and raise families amongst themselves as well as intermarry human beings. Muslim jinn are usually thought to be benign. Christian and Jewish jinn, indifferent, are neutral unless angered, and pagan jinn are evil. Keep that in reference to the idea of these different locations and communities and their histories with one another in the human realm with Islamic societies typically being a globalist effort to integrate as many tribes benevolently into one framework aka a church Christian and Jewish jinn being rather politically neutral despite their theologic alliances, Catholic nations warring with each other, um, the kingdoms of Catholics and Protestants, etc., politically sparring with one another in these, like, Machiavellian ways, as well as Christianity and Judaism having this seeming neutral, um, you know, disdain for each other, basically, or at least allowance until overt, you know, prosecutions, etc., but pagan jinn, as well as pagan societies during this era, this last millennium, being almost universally seen as antagonistic and evil. Think of the crusades against witches, uh, the witch trials in the Catholic lore. Think of uh, the heresies. Think of um, the destruction and conversion of the Norse. Think of the destruction and conversion of the New World tribes, that of the Aztecs and other various Native American species, under the Catholic rule. Think of the way African societies or Southeast Asian societies uh, and India, for example, Hindu, uh, were treated, for example, under Islam and the different wars that occurred between the monotheistic Abrahamic religions uh, and the pagan world. And see why pagan jinn are considered evil. It's because, like humans, the jinn themselves are also at war. And, like humans, the jinn who are hostile towards us due to their politics and allegiances are fighting and warring against us as well. Other common characteristics include fear of iron and a fear of wolves, generally appearing in desolate or abandoned places and being stronger and faster than humans physically, as well as invisible. Night is considered a particularly dangerous time because jinn would then leave their hiding places and be empowered by the light of the moon.
Since the jinn share the earth with humans, Muslims are often cautious not to accidentally hurt an innocent jinn or to trespass in their territory. Jinn are often believed to be able to take control over a human's body. Although this is a strong belief among many Muslims, some authors argue that since the Quran doesn't explicitly attribute possession to the jinn, it derives from pre-Islamic beliefs. Morocco especially has many possession traditions, including exorcism rituals. However, jinn cannot enter a person whenever the genie wants. Rather, the victim must be predispossessed for the possession in a state of diafa. Feelings of insecurity, mental instability, unhappy love, and depression being tired from the soul are forms of diafa. Javanese Muslims hold similar beliefs about the jinn as inhabiting lonely and haunted places and the ability to possess or scare people who trample their homes or accidentally kill a related genie. In some cases, genie might even take revenge by inflicting physical damage. Muslims avoid hurting jinn by uttering distur, permission, before sprinkling hot water so the jinn might leave the place. Some jinn guard graves and cause illness to people who intend to disturb the graves. Benevolent jinn are called jinn Islam and they are pious and faithful. The other are called jinn kafir, while good jinn might even help a Muslim to do hard work and produce magical acts. Evil jinn follow the influence of devils, shayatin. An artist, Bethlehem, Benevolent jinn might support humans and teach them moral lessons. The evil jinn frequently ascend to the surface, causing sickness to children, snatch food from families, and take revenge when humans mistreat them or others. In later Albanian lore, jinn, known as Zindi, live either on earth or just beneath the surface rather than in the air and may possess people who have insulted them or insulted God. For example, if their children are trodden upon or hot water is thrown on them. Among Turks often appear along with other demonic entities such as divs with Azerbaijani mythology. The divs are from Persian mythology. Some early Persian translations of the Quran translate jinn as Paris or divs. Keep that in mind when thinking of the name Paris, the city in France. Causing confusion between those entities. In other instances, the jinn are known as court, distinguished from the eyes. While the eyes is bound to a specific place, Turkish sources, too, describe jinn as mobile creatures causing illness and mental disorders, but with a physical body which only remains invisible until they die. Then they can be seen. The jinn can be found in various stories of the 1001 Nights, including the fisherman and the genie, the maruf, the cobbler. More than three different types of jinn are described in that story. Aladdin and the Wonderful Lamp, where two benevolent jinn help young Aladdin, and the tale of Nur al-Din Ali and his son Badr ad-Din Hassan, 
With Hassan Badre al-Din weeps over the grave of his father until sleep overcomes him and he is awoken by a large group of sympathetic jinn. In some stories, the jinn are credited with the ability to instantaneously travel from China to Morocco in a single instant. I think it's those stargates I was mentioning. In others, they need to fly physically from one place to another, although they are quite fast, moving from Baghdad to Cairo in only a night. Modern and postmodern era. And as you can tell, this is just more of the materialism and the atheism. But you can read that if you would like to go to the Wikipedia and look up the article Jin for yourselves. Moving to physicality and relationships with humans. The Jin are not supernatural in the sense of being purely spiritual and transcendent to nature. While they are believed to be invisible, are often invisible, they are also eat, drink, sleep, breed with the opposite sex, and produce offspring that resemble their parents. Just like humans, intercourse is not limited to other jinn alone, but is also possible between human and jinn and animal and jinn. Despite being invisible, jinn are usually thought to have bodies, known as adjasam. Zakaria al-Khwazwani includes the jinn, the angels, jinn, and devils, all created from different parts of fire. Among animals, along with humans, burdened beasts like horses, cattle, and wild beasts, including birds, and finally insects and reptiles, known as the unclean. The Kanun Islam, written in 1832 by Shafir Jafar, written by Jinn Belief in India, states that their bodies are constituted of 90% spirit and 10% flesh, unlike human beings, which are 10% spirit and 90% flesh. They resemble humans in many regards, their subtle matter being the only main difference, but it is this very nature that enables them to change their shape, move quickly, fly, and enter human bodies. They can cause epilepsy and illness. Hence the temptation for humans to make them allies by means of magical practices and worship. Jinn are further known as gifted shapeshifters, often assuming the form of an animal. In Islamic culture, many narratives concern a serpent who is actually a genie. Other cathodic animals regarded as forms of jinn include scorpions and lizards. Both scorpions and serpents have been venerated in the ancient Near East. Some sources even speak of killed jinn leaving behind a carcass similar to either a serpent or a scorpion. When they shift into human form, however, they are said to stay partly animal and are not fully human. Individual jinn are thus often depicted as monstrous and anthropomorphized creatures with body parts and different animals are human with animal traits. Certain hadith, though one considered fabricated mahadi, by some hadith scholars mahadith, support the belief in human-jinn relationships. The hour will come when the children of jinn will become many among you. Another quote saying, Among you those who are expatriated, and this, he explained, meant crossed with jinn. Among those scholars that hold to these beliefs, marriage is considered permissible between a jinn and a human. It is undesirable, while others strongly forbid it. 
offspring of human-gen relationships are often considered to be gifted and talented people with special abilities, and some historical persons are considered to have genetic ancestry. In a study of exorcism culture in the Yemeni province of Hadramat, love is one of the most frequent cited causes of relationships between humans and jinn. Now, I would like to point that out as a marked difference between the shayatin, which is the devil or demon in Islamic culture because of the idea of love and affection and compassion between humans and jinn, being an ancestral reality that far outweighs the new Islamic monotheism, which says that jinn are almost universally harmful and evil. Because it is this affection, which I believe is the true nature of the jinn and the humans, based on an old world, an ancient world, love and affection that was this original kingdom of God, this original utopia created by the Anunnaki or the extraterrestrials in the golden age of this earth experiment. Now, I believe that they are forced underground. Now, I believe that they are forced onto different wavelengths. And I believe that they are simultaneously coexisting and observing us, supporting us, choosing which blessed amongst us that they fall in love with or are worthy of their attentions and affections to hybridize and to bring within their society. Many know them as the Fey Folk. Many know them as the Fey Kingdom. Um, elves, it, depending on your general region, they have many different names. The Naga. Um, they are, unlike devils, not 100% evil. They are, in fact, extremely powerful, though. And they do wage war, both against themselves and people. But they seem to wish to preserve that which was also their sibling and their kin and their creation and their, their fellow creation by an even higher power than themselves. Um, regardless if you think it's an actual monotheistic god or something more material but beyond understanding and scale of power, uh, the the reasons are basically that we are on equal level and that mankind is given certain priority and protection within this system. Keeping them from outright annihilating or exterminating us. But forcing their hands when we trespass and violate some agreement of theirs or alliance that they've already agreed to, that they've already created, which is these higher level concepts, this logic that is both shared by humans and jinn and all intelligent species, crypto-terrestrials, ultra-terrestrials, extra-terrestrials, uh, AI, etc. A 
And that's just the world we live in. Now, I want to kind of bring this back full circle to North America, not just the Middle East, but I will do so historically talking about the Middle East. The jinn, their preferred method of dealing with dangerous humans is possession, is the hijacking through psionics and psychic ability the very bodies and forms of the enemy amongst us, amongst them, which is these people, their invaders, etc. Rather than outright combat due to our protected status, that you can't physically destroy or uh, damage individual men, women, and children in cities without further consequence from an even higher authority above them. Rome, which arguably is the first historic invader of the Middle East, where these Mesopotamia specifically, where these creatures seem to have much of their ancient stronghold, which is no coincidence that's also the ancient location of many stargates on the Euphrates and Tigris, um, first drew their ire, probably, when, as mentioned, the Roman Caesars sought to invade Persia. Once they were damaging and destroying and waging war against Persia, no doubt they either excavated or were cursed by protective jinn, powers and providences, in which the Caesars went from arguably benevolent dictators to uh, corrupt, tyrannical, perverse, antagonistic... Basically, Rome's worst enemy, historically, was always its own Caesars, its own emperors that led to the destruction of the ancient Roman world, uh, the abandonment of it, and the, the despoiling of it. But also what would lead, parallel-wise, to the destruction of the Khanate, the, Khan, the Genghis Khan Empire, upon their sacking and seizure of Baghdad, as well as... Um, the destruction and downfall even of the caliphate that conquered the area but sought to suppress and destroy the believers and worshippers of the jinn. Uh, their failed conquest of Europe, for example, during the Reconquista and their defeat at the Battle of Orleans being through jinnic influence by giving Furioso, the Italian, uh, the French Catholic Superman, near unending strength to protect the uh, Joan of Arc's, or not Joan of Arc, the French uh, Catholic uh, Reconquista's um, vanguard and various other such miraculous victories against the very Islamic empire that assumed control of the region but also became the jinn's greatest enemy. Europe also would um, be returning to the Middle East, specifically Jerusalem, during the Crusades. This would see the Catholic Pope honorous the I think it was the in the year twelve hundred be possessed by jinn, 
writing the Grimoire and the Red Dragon, two books which were Solomonic in origin, but uh, otherwise opened the door for pagan and, not pagan, but satanic, and Luciferian and demonic demonology uh, study of what they would call witchcraft, for lack of a better word, throughout the elites of the Catholic Church, as well as the European occultism wave that would follow, leading to the Catholic Church's eventual schism and destruction, and its extremely negative campaigns against the European population in the witch trials, and in the auto de fe's and the werewolf trials, as it sought to further exterminate Jin, but really killed hundreds and thousands of its own innocent populations across Europe. Torture uh, became synonymous with the church and the and the uh, Inquisition, which was caused by no doubt Jin possessing an influenced Torquemada, for example. Um, I would also say that Napoleon was taken over by Jin, as well as the British Empire and the Queen, even possessed by Jin, and I mean uh, Queen uh, Victoria, during her conquest of India. Now, America is not immune from this, as all of those leaders and all those nations had military conquests of the Middle East, Egypt, or North Africa, um, you know, under its belt, and basically India as well, but also uh, heavily were influenced by Islam, say the French in Algiers, and um, you know the British Empire in Pakistan, as well as Saudi Arabia and everywhere fucking else in the Middle East, because the British Empire basically controlled the Middle East. No doubt that the British Empire's majority of heinous atrocities and war crimes against people and crimes against humanity itself uh, in its colonies had genic influence just to ruin and to keep um, the world as it was at a constant fire, a constant burning, where humanity is forever weakened, not outright exterminated, but forever weakened and forever guilt-tripped into hating itself. America is not immune to this, as if you consider that the Native Americans were just the jinn that lived in this side of the world, the Western Hemisphere of the world, uh, and not related to, say, the Navajo or a desert primitive band of hunter-gatherers and warrior tribesmen, but, say, the Aztec Mayan cities that had populations in the millions and worshipped their gods and their own deities, just in the version of jinn, but in their own words... Uh, having conquered, having also been responsible for the possession of the Catholic Church as well as the colonial powers, and having that transferred to the United States federal government during its Indian Wars and its colonization, my theory that the majority of leadership in the U.S. military otherwise known as the Pentagon and top brass, 
has been for centuries hijacked by skinwalkers, wendigo spirits, and various other Native American curses due to the fact that they converted this country into an Indian graveyard with their actions at at Wounded Knee and throughout just history, genociding upward of 75 million Native Americans by conservative estimates and ending an untold number of future human beings through the cutting of this great tree that was the aboriginal Native American population. Itself built on the ruins of this golden age kingdom of the stars that no doubt that would explain why North America is probably the worst thing, or not North America, sorry, the USA is probably the worst thing that has ever happened to humanity in terms of damage to life and property. As well as pure misery inflicted on not only its own populations, but that of the world. Being responsible for everything from peaks amounts of human slavery foreign invasion, 200 continuous years of warfare and colonization and a kleptocracy that has stolen most of our hemisphere's fortunes and assassinated any that oppose the totalitarian tyranny of U.S. military domination on the world as well as the psychological manipulation and enslavement of an entire century's worth of human beings. That being the 20th century, the American century, and declaring itself the supreme power, the sole superpower and thus rightful guardian of human evolution and the future of its own mental landscape and destiny, its own cultural environment. No doubt this is all part of Jin fighting Jin. Jin fighting humans. And Jin doing their best to corrupt and possess any threat in any historical enemy as well as preventing any future enemy from either outright confirming their existence mobilizing a resistance against them or harming them physically in any way. Which is completely understandable because humanity would have the same 
intelligent and logical reaction and impulses to defending itself and to mobilizing its forces against extraterrestrials, ultraterrestrials, cryptoterrestrials upon their discovery as a threat to us. We would do so instantly. We have done so instantly. But this is not a new neighbor. This is not a new stranger to town. This is, in fact, a bigger brother civilization. This is, in fact, an older, more ancient civilization that saw us in our very infancy as a species when it was in its prime or old age. This is a society that lives existing and a great stasis of its former self, like a ghost, a society of ghosts, maybe long physically dead, maybe preserved only in the ether, like the cloud preserves data on a server for video game characters and avatars and players. Maybe they are but the uploaded intelligences of human beings in these custom-selected avatars or these ancient tribal avatars and nations forever kept digitalized and transmuted forever surrounding us in a network of artificial intelligence, a number of bosun brains, decentralized and immortalized, but forever invisible to our senses without the proper technology, and far more advanced than we ever will be allowed to be, to achieve, or to accomplish because they and their experience maybe under orders fulfilling a mission or even in a self-assumed supervisory superior role like older brother to younger brother keep us safe from ourselves for growing too advanced too fast for achieving too much unification too soon or to surpassing or trespassing into realms states of being states of consciousness That we are simply not mature enough for. I do hold the ancient traditions as correct in that their presumption of the jinn as mostly benevolent beings. Accountable for their actions and under the same authority of the great creator God as mankind itself is. 
under its own tribal kings, leaders, allies, uh, merchants, uh, power players, influencers, religions, uh, holy men, etc. I hold this as complementary to the secret space program. I hold this to complementary to the skinwalkers in the Pentagon program. I hold this complementary to the SSP super soldier program. I hold this a complementary to everything that I've spoken about before, and it is vindication to this sensation of other intelligent species right beyond our physical sensations that are absolutely influencing, coexisting, And co, I want to say collaborating with humanity to achieve a destiny. And that destiny is the reintegration of all these multiple intelligent species into one society. One universal kingdom of the stars. We're all beings from every planet, every intelligent being from every realm, environment, and ecosystem will exist for the good of each other. As utopian as that sounds, that is the literal description of heaven. And all these religions that we have now, the Abrahamic faiths, and it is the literal description of the kingdoms existing in the golden age of the Vedas and Hinduism of ancient pre-Islamic Middle Eastern cultures of the Aztecs and the Mayans where the star people and the beings from the subterranean hollow earth environments both the above and below, exist with full knowledge of each other, peacefully and prosperously. Live long and prosper. As Star Trek famously coined the phrase and famously reinvented the wheel, stating that in the far future, man and extraterrestrial would work as equals, will live as equals. In a utopia, Focused on exploration, not conquest. Well, the many would be the one where there would be no scarcity. And would technology be indistinguishable from magic?
they are very much existing, the jinn, I mean, in this future, which was our past. And in existing true to the past, we can best prepare for our future. A future where we are closer to the pre-Islamic worlds than we are to any sense of modernity. And the sooner we open our eyes to their ancient wisdom, especially the knowledge, awareness, and understanding of the jinn and these various intelligent life forms that coexist with us step by step every foot of the journey into the future could be better placed we would go further and go together Old and new, young and old. Thank you all very much for listening to me. Remember to always be suspicious of those in power that you did not put there. Remember to always question everything done by those in authority. Your imams, your priests, your military officers, your politicians, your CEOs, all could be jinn possessed, could be jinn in disguise. And I believe if you open your eyes to it, you'll realize that much of the modern world, its technologies, its billionaires, its influencers, its celebrities, its artists, its fashion designers, its thinkers, its athletes, its heroes, its warriors, etc., etc., etc. All recognize and make peace with these jinn, regardless of what terminology is used, regardless of what they call them, regardless if they admit it or not. And very much so, when things look too inhuman for humans to have done Suspect first the possessions of the unseen to force these evils into our realm. To ruin our peace, to ruin our trust as revenge against our trespasses and attacks on their kind, in their territories, on their communities. 
just like we would consider human tribes, human nations, human political groups, human religious groups, and the societies of men as a constant interaction and flow of back and forth of aggression and reaction of revenge and vendetta of organized homicide and intimidation and for all true Beyond Top Secret Texan listeners, students of the art of war, recognize that this is another front that always must be considered. Not only do you war with men, not only do you invade lands, you invade the realm of jinn. And must be prepared both psychologically and physically to achieve victory against the unseen enemy. Thank you all very much for listening to another broadcast of Beyond Top Secret Texan. I have been the Beyond Top Secret Texan. We've been speaking about Jin, their connections with the world at large, the reality of this ancient multi-species society that colonized and ruled Earth. Their continued existence and modern influence and connection to the military not only of this nation, but of all major colonial powers, as well as the chaos and utter state of war that we've been in for the last few centuries as responsible, as, res, as being responsible, I'm sorry, as being the responsibility of Jin. Jin are responsible for that. Sorry. At this two-hour mark, you guys know what I'm trying to say. And I thank you very much for your patience, for sticking it out. You got a lot of guts. Those in Dreamland who have done so, thank you very much for liking and subscribing and following up with the link tree slash beyond top secret Texan so you can keep in touch and up to the minute with all my uploads and web activity. It's the only link you're going to need. Link tree slash beyond top secret Texan. I post dark web videos on Twitter and Instagram every day as well as Telegram. I have my own private chat group there, so if you want to exchange uh, stories or information or videos, go ahead and check Telegram out. Um, otherwise, keep in touch with Instagram. That's my flagship social media. Going to be uploading videos on YouTube again soon, as well as continually broadcasting podcast episodes every few days. So thank you all very much for those who have been here from the very first episode to those that will be here to the very last episode. Thank you all very, very much. God bless you and your families. 
Namaste and shalom. Iron sharpens iron, and a friend sharpens a friend. Peace out.